With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Bulletin. Radio The Bulletin this morning with one of my favourite people, Lavina Good, and uh, as a... As a sporting all-rounder, I guess uh, it's fair to say, Lavina, um, and you've been in Australia recently, but Melbourne this weekend is the place to be. Two games of footy, 90,000 for each, a Bledisloe Cup, 80,000, and then the Matildas hit town in a must-win game on Monday night. Incredible. Incredible. I've always said Melbourne is the sporting capital of the world, and people have argued with me over that, whether or not I'm mentioning Formula One or the Aussie Open with tennis, but this weekend it really justifies that statement. And if you've got an opportunity to be anywhere around there, get along to it. I mean, the tickets have sold out, obviously, to the rugby on the Saturday night, but you've got Aussie rules either side, and a must-win game also for the Australian Matildas, as they shockingly went down to Nigeria 3-2. No one saw that coming, Smitty, unless Unless you name Stephen McIver, I'm sure he saw that one coming. <laughs> Love it. Nice little dig to start the show. Right, here we go, uh, Lavina. Um, can I, I, I just say, and I, I say this in, uh, in a slightly depressing manner, actually, it is now possible that both hosts could be out of the World Cup before uh, the playoffs with Australia under severe pressure and us, of course. Yeah, the Australians had two severe injuries in their training build-up to the um, Nigerian game. I don't know what they're doing at training, but to lose two of your strikers three days before the match was always going to put pressure on them. It was a shock defeat. I actually watched the match and couldn't believe that performance from the Nigerians in the second half. And just Australia capitulated in second half attack. They had nothing, absolutely nothing. So they need to regroup and they need to do better than a draw against Canada on Monday night. As for our Ferns, well, we've back in the glory of that gorgeous victory against Norway. No one saw that coming whatsoever. And we also didn't see a defeat coming at the hands, I guess, of the Philippines who were performing in their first ever World Cup. Um, what they need to do is put that behind them, I guess. They've assessed what went wrong in that match uh, and they know that they need to have a victory against a very good Swiss team that has been based in Dunedin. It'll be a cracker of a match. Sunday night, 7 o'clock, Sold out crowd, absolutely muckeriddy. It's going to be freezing cold, which will suit the first, <laughs> I think, a little bit better than the Swiss. And it's a must-win game. And it's just so cool that the fans will be turning out to support them and, and the Swiss know that they're favoured to take this one out. But last time we heard that, it was Norway and we won that match. So fingers crossed the girls can do it. I'm really looking forward to that match, Smitty. I've, I've got to say, I'm a little bit underwhelmed by the USA so far. Yeah, it was interesting. I was really looking forward to that match against the Netherlands, not just because obviously it was a replay of the the finals um, back in 2019, but, uh, you know, they are the golden women of, of uh, women's football and they've been held in such high regard and, and put on that pedestal. So I was looking forward to the match. The pre-match stuff was great from all the fans that were turning out to support the Netherlands and also the USA, but it's a different USA team this time. They've got six or seven players that, you know, didn't play in the last World Cup, and I certainly think they don't look as clinical as what they have in the past. They've dominated women's football for a very, very long time, and we haven't seen a defeat from them also for even longer. 
but they certainly haven't sparked the tournament um, like we expected them to. And I think judging from their performance, um, just after the fact that a lot of the players didn't even want to sing the US anthem prior to the match, judging from their performance mm. against the Netherlands, it's an opportunity for a real turn-up to have a new champion in this sport of the world, and it's there for the taking. But I, I can guarantee the USA are exceptionally competitive. They've been there, done that before, but they'll certainly have to improve their game, become more clinical, and also the execution of what they're doing. They're getting there, but they're not ex- executing the ball to turn it into to points or goals for them. So onwards and upwards for them. I'm, I'm also looking forward to them playing as it, as it goes through the competition, but it's there for the taking. And hopefully the two lots of hosts do make it through, Smitty, but the great thing about this competition, even if they don't, it's certainly worth watching because the football is fabulous. It is, it is. Uh, right, OK, speaking of uh, taking it... Um to the next level as well. Um, the Broncos now uh, 32-10 over the Roosters last night to kick off this NRL week- weekend, which includes a bye for the Warriors. But what are we seeing in the Broncos that make them really, really strong candidates all of a sudden? They're bloody good, mate. They're bloody good. And, yeah, and I'm not even taking out of last night's match. I watched the match against um, the Roosters. The Roosters are sitting in 13th place and certainly haven't turned it on throughout 2023. But the, the Broncos seem to be ticking all the boxes at the moment. They've got three players in that top 10 list for the Dally M Player of the Year. Payne Huff is only on $850,000 at the Broncos, is, is probably having his best year of footy. And, and I was never regretting seeing Reese Walsh go from um, the Warriors. I never thought he was a great fit for the Warriors side, but he's certainly found his feet in playing his best rugby league um, back with the Broncos at the moment, and they seem to be getting the best out of them. What The thing the Broncos can do, and it's the same thing the Warriors are doing at the moment as well, even if they're trailing by six to ten points, the head doesn't go down, the shoulders don't curve, and all of a sudden they think, you know, here we go, they're, they're definitely going to lose. There's still a certain amount of faith within that side. And I've, I've seen it in the Panthers this year, I've seen it with the Warriors, not so much with the Storm, but definitely with the Broncos, that they're showing faith in each other, and the coaching staff seems to be getting the best out of every player and I would say those three teams, in fact the top six teams in the competition at the moment including the Sharks and the Raiders have have a chance still to be tapping on that championship door but it's those top three at the moment that if you want to put your money on them and just saying the money on the Warriors at 13 bucks is looking pretty bloody good if you want to go out there and beat your house on it Smitty, I wouldn't hesitate Mm. in doing that uh, they all look like they can go all the way if uh, they remain injury-free. You could just imagine with the Warriors if we lost Sean Johnson. Like, you could just imagine if that happened, if Reese Walsh was out for three three or four weeks or even Cleary not being able to put in his best football for the Panthers. That would certainly turn things up as we get down to the business end of the NRL. That is an interesting point you make about um, the depth that the, the Warriors have in certain positions, but... Gee, they've been pretty active on the re-signing front and uh, yesterday, of course, news coming through of uh, Adam Pompey being re-signed as well, which uh, with Roger coming, uh, then you're looking at Tamari Martin, uh, Chanel Harris, Tavita. We're looking at a squad with a hell of a lot of depth across the board, Lavina. Yeah, I love the re-signing of Pompey for two years. I think with his age, he's only 24 years of age, and I think that was respectful to him rather than doing the whole, we'll give you another year, Shawnee, because you're in your, your 30s and we don't know how much football you've got left. So there's a great deal um, of faith shown to Pompey. And I just think that the, the structure of the players and the, and the purchasing of players, you know, thanks to the development and recruitment of Andrew McFadden, who we all know used to be the coach of the Warriors, has worked out really, really well, as opposed to South, South, Sullivan, who was there for quite some time, 
and didn't seem to be doing the right purchases at the right time. But don't take it away from Andrew Webster. Now, we haven't heard a lot about him. You only speak to the journos in the sheds that, you know, after the Sharkies and the Raiders game, they're in the sheds and, and there's not the screaming, there's not the partying, there's not the dancing because Andrew Webster says, yep, we've had a victory. This is great, but we've still got the job at hand. We still had a poor 10 minutes just before half time. If you want to win the premiership, then you've got to play better, play stronger, be more respectful and play for each other. And the, the reflection of that on those players is just showing so much to us, Smitty. These players are playing the best football of their career. At the start of the year, every rugby league expert you could speak to here in New Zealand and especially in Australia would never, ever have had the Warriors in the top eight of this competition at this stage, let alone third. And I know they're playing tremendously well. They're doing it for their fans and each other, but they're also doing it for Webster. He has the ability to demand great culture within that club to get the best out of those players, and they are playing the best rugby league of their career. They'll continue to do it for him if he continues to operate as he does, a little mini-me Ivan Cleary, which he has developed himself mm -hmm. into, and the best of the Warriors is still to come, but don't expect them to celebrate it until they win the big dance. Uh, Lavina, meanwhile, on the other side of the world, in a place called Cape Town, beautiful city, there is a little matter of the Netball World Cup getting underway. I'm looking through the pools and I see myself thinking, is there a decent matchup in the pool that gets me excited? We kick off against Trinidad and Tobago. I look to Pool C and I see Jamaica v South Africa as possibly, when I look at the makeup of the pools, as the only uh, contentious match. Otherwise, I can't see Australia, England, Jamaica or New Zealand missing out on the last four. Never much to get excited about at the start of a Netball World Cup. I remember back in 2019 in Liverpool, the draw was basically the same. I mean, you had Australia, New Zealand, um, Jamaica, and also the Palms all in different pools. So the start of the competition is not that great. So the Silver Ferns, as you mentioned, you know, they're up against Trinidad and Tobago. Um, the rest in their competition is... Singapore and Uganda. Nothing really for netball fans to, to get too excited about uh, until you mention that Pool C. Like Jamaica, I think, possibly, this could be the best Jamaican side ever to attend a World Cup of netball. And I know 12, 11 of the 12 players have returned from the Commonwealth Games where they beat New Zealand. They beat the Silver Ferns in the Commonwealth Games and also disturbed Australia in the opening rounds, not in the final, obviously, but certainly in the opening round. So keep an eye on that Jamaica-South Africa. The South Africans are the hosts, obviously, being played in Cape Town, so they'll have the boost of the crowd. But until we get down to the quarterfinals and, and semifinals, it's probably just run-of-the-mill stuff. Although we did maybe hear a hint from Nolene Todua overnight that Kelly Drury, who's been an outstanding in-circle defender throughout the New Zealand domestic season, might even get a chance to play a bit of mid-court netball in the wing defense role just to see how she goes when you look at the silver ferns i think the silver ferns have the best defensive unit in the world with burger and also watson and Tataka and obviously jury there's no other defensive unit in the world that is that good so they she needs to do something with one of those players because you can only have a couple in the circle so a few little tricks and twits at the moment from nolene Tarua to see what she can do with Kelly Jury, the Silver Ferns have won it five times before chasing um, their sixth title, first ever time twice in a row. The Australian top favourites, they've won it 11 times and they'll be chasing 12. Uh, keep an eye on the Poms, they'll do OK. Trinidad and Tobago will be competitive for the first half, not the second half. But Jamaica, they could be the ones to watch. And if I reckon if I was the Ferns or Australia getting through to the quarterfinals, 
all the semi-finals of the Netball World Cup, I do not want to take on the tall timber of Jamaica. They are outstanding in the shooting circle. Some of the best players in the world will be up against some of the best defenders in the world, and it's something to get excited about as the competition goes along. Lavina, good. Uh, always fantastic to catch up with you. Uh, brilliant, you absolutely too, brilliant. Uh, all round, uh, all round uh, summing up of uh, what we've got to look forward to this weekend, and we didn't even have a chance to talk about uh, the All Blacks because the rest of the content was so beautifully done. Have a terrific weekend, <laughs> Lavina, and uh, we shall speak many. to you again very shortly. I hope.